Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Teen Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Teen Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteentraining.com. Today, I want to talk about performance reviews. In fact, I've been wanting to talk about performance reviews for an extended period of time, but the reality is I had to finish publishing Oops, My Team is Toxic because one of my most favorite chapters to write in this book was chapter 14 called Performance Reviews Are the Devil. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The way that we do annual performance reviews in veterinary medicine is an actual nightmare. Now, not for all of you. Some of you are doing a really great job, but I want to challenge you, and this is this podcast to really make you think outside the box on how you currently do performance reviews. I recently did an unofficial survey of a bunch of colleagues of mine, and I said, what do you call that once a year review that you give to your employees or that you get as an employee? And over 75% of them said, oh, we call it the annual performance review. And I thought, this is part of the problem. The reality is, is that once a year, employees are expected to rate their performance and receive feedback from their manager. And sometimes a raise may or may not accompany the actual performance review. Now, for many hospitals, there's no such even review process. There's no actual development conversation or actual way to actually coach or help someone actually change their performance. And so when we look at just sort of the, the typical annual performance review, let's talk about what the goal is. One of the main points of doing a performance review is to improve the performance. Another reason is to gain insight into the employee's career goals. And so once a year, typically, leadership is going to sit down with an employee one-on-one, ideally un- uninterrupted, and you're going to dive into this employee's performance. And ultimately, these reviews are a way to justify salary changes along with motivating employees to a higher performance and maybe even encouraging those to take additional responsibility or a change in title. And that sounds pretty important, like we all should be doing it, right? Unfortunately, the way that performance reviews are typically rolled out in most of our veterinary hospitals, little to no improvement actually happens in that employee's performance. So let's just talk about the words annual performance review. Are we truly evaluating the entire year performance of a particular employee? My guess is the answer is no. It's impossible to do that. And then my next challenge to you is how are you making sure that you're actually reviewing the entire year? Are you taking notes throughout the year? Are you using a particular rubric system? Are you doing summaries of each month, like in January? Here's what I saw in February, here's what I saw. No, none of you are doing that. I already know the answers to that. You're just kind of guessing. And unfortunately, most employers who fill out the review and including most employees who fill out their own review are doing it with a snapshot of about four to eight weeks. Whatever their performance was over the last four to eight weeks, that's typically in front of mind. And that's typically how they're going to fill out their actual review. And so for many employees, they might have been an awesome employee, but let's just say they got a little crispy, a lot of burned out in the last month or two. That's going to be heavily weighted in the actual annual performance review, even though their performance for 10 months was stellar. 
We're going to focus on just those two months. And so what is the weight that we're actually looking at for the most recent behavior versus the overall performance of the rest of the year? And I guarantee you it weighs a lot heavier. In fact, 80 to 90% of that person's actual behavior over the last two months is going to be the only thing that you're actually going to review. And that's actually all they're going to review of their own behavior. So in order for me to write a chapter for my book, I wanted to really get some data or some science behind it. What's the research behind performance reviews and where's the good and where's the bad? And it may surprise you because it definitely did me that there's really not a lot of science or data supporting that employees improve their performance based on that one review. So then you have to ask yourself, why are we putting in all this time and effort if there's really no data or science to back that giving this annual review actually helps to drive behavior and performance in a positive way. Most leaders spend countless hours in energy compiling the reviews, developing a strategy, meeting with the employees. It's exhausting for everybody and often comes with a lot of emotion and very little return. So Jack Zenger, a contributor to uh, Forbes, actually wrote an article in which he looked back at the validity of performance reviews. And this article was dated in 2017. He actually cited a much earlier article uh, that was delivered by the Harvard Business Review in 1965. And he wrote that basically there were a bunch of psychologists that analyzed the performance reviews of General Electric, obviously a very well-known company. And they concluded that reviews that included criticism by a manager negatively affected the employee, while praise actually did little to change or alters the employee's performance. And while praise didn't appear to alter the performance, it did, however, improve the manager and the employee relationship. Future studies have actually since shown the same. And in fact, Gallup, which is a huge company, um, they actually did a, a survey in 2019 and they said that really in interviewing and, and actually surveying employees, they felt that only 29% of employees strongly agreed that their performance reviews were actually fair. And actually only 26 strongly agreed that they felt they were accurate. So that means, and this is this should not come as a surprise to anyone, 70% of your employees are not okay and do not believe that their actual performance review that you give them are fair nor accurate. Yikes, guys, they don't like this process and you don't like doing it. So what are we doing? Only 14% of employees strongly agreed that their performance reviews actually helped them to improve their performance and their behavior. Yeah, 85% don't actually feel like it has an impact on their actual performance or behavior at all. And employers actually, when surveyed, feel the same. How many of you can successfully say that you've done an annual performance review and that employee the following year was a completely different, changed, most amazing employee? You solved all of the problems in that one annual performance review discussion. None of you can say that. So then we have to figure out what does work. And so this really does mean the vast majority of employees leaving the review think that they're not only unfair and that they don't represent at all, but that they're not going to improve their behavior. And to add to all of this is the reality, which is most veterinary managers, supervisors, leaders, 
You were never trained on how to put together, let alone deliver an actual performance review. You never took a class in it. You never read up on which study or, or what kind of actual template to use. You have no idea how to do it. It's just how it's always been done. And so this leaves the entire process in veterinary medicine in most of our hospitals disorganized and frankly, just made up. We just kind of made it up because it was something we thought we should be doing. And so is there the, an actual way to make performance reviews effective for the employee? The reality is, is that a lot of big companies are looking into other ways. There has got to be better systems in place. And is there a perfect solution to this problem? We know we need to coach employees, but doing it once a year, is that how we're supposed to do it? Um, how, who's supposed to give feedback? Is it just the manager? Is it just the employees? A combination of both? What does this look like? And the reality is, is there is no perfect way, but we do know we need some type of system. One of the biggest negatives to the annual performance reviews is it tends to be a verbal vomit of everything that the employee did wrong over the course of the last couple months. And it's combined with the fact that it's tied to a salary raise, which typically is very low because if there's any sort of bad performance behavior, we don't tend to award them a very high salary. So let's talk about that shift away from performance management to performance development. The annual performance review is such that it states that I'm going to review your performance over the last year and then assign potentially a monetary value to it. That's performance management, where we're managing their performance rather than developing their performance. And there's an actual huge difference between the two. Leaders often struggle to manage undesirable behaviors during that singular performance management meeting. Instead, in performance development, you work to develop and coach your employees' management throughout the entire year. And we really should be focusing on developing our teams rather than just constantly putting out fires because that's what most managers are doing. And it is exciting that so many companies are attempting to repair the damage that the annual, annual performance review system does, However, I'm going to argue that there's a bunch of quacky stuff that is starting to happen in some corporate Americas that I would say stay away from. For example, I know of one actual technology company where they've decided not to do any sort of development plan. And I can guarantee you it's not going over well. So we do need to figure out what that looks like. So I'm going to share with you some of my ideas, but also this, my main idea of what's called basically a 360 development review process. This is something that a lot of really big time leaders actually have written about. There was, in fact, I believe on Good Morning America, there was actually a news anchor talking about how he just went through his own 360 development process and how it was really eye-opening in one of the best ways that he actually um, ever received feedback from his employer. And so we're going to talk about the 360 review process just on a really high level. Let me be clear, this is not your only source of information. You should, you should buy my book. I'm just going to put that out there because there's an entire chapter of how to do it. Um, and how I've done it and all the screw-ups I ever did. Again, it's called Oops, My Team is Toxic. So I'm going to plug my book once again because I guess it's my podcast so I can do that. 
But I also encourage you to truly do a deep dive on what is performance development. How can you coach your teams to becoming awesome unicorns and what does that look like? So here are the key aspects I want every one of you to think about if you're in a leadership role for developing a good development plan. So one, focus on positivity. It's not to say that you can't have bring up issues or develop out bad behaviors, but stop centering your conversations around the past or the negativity. Neither you nor the employee can change the past. And so whenever the problem arises, that's when you address it. You make note of it. You keep good, solid records, but you don't wait until the annual performance review to bring it all up. And listen, there's many of you who do that. You're like, oh, the, the annual performances review is coming up next month, so I'll wait to talk to them about how they don't know how to do math or they keep making medical mistakes or they're snippy to clients. Nope, you talk to them at the time of because verbally vomiting all the negative crap that has happened in the last few months to that employee isn't fair. So we also have to ask ourselves, do we want to call it an annual review? I say completely change it. I also don't like performance improvement plan. The PIPs, listen, I know some of you use a PIP, like performance improvement plan. That immediately says, you suck and I need to improve you and this is the plan to do that. Wow. There are some amazing things that each one of your employees are doing. So let's focus again on the positivity so that we're not um, thinking about negativity all the time. Now, I never called it this, but when I was researching this topic, it was something that I thought about would be really fun to call it. Awesome conversation time. We're acting, A-C-T, right? We're acting together, the employee and the employer to help develop out a plan. And so awesome conversation time. And wouldn't it be cool because then employees would come up and say, oh, I have to go for my awesome conversation time with Amy, my boss, right? That'd be super fun. Anyway, whatever you want to call it, it's totally fine. What I like to call it is really a development plan. It's about developing this individual, coaching this person. Whether or not you want to call it a coaching meeting is totally fine. The second thing besides focusing on positivity is I want you to make sure that there are no surprises. When we sit down to develop out a plan on coaching both unwanted behaviors, but also making sure we emphasize positive behaviors, we can't be making it just so that it's a surprise every single time. Like, surprise, you did something bad again, or surprise, I've got this problem with you. Then it becomes nothing but fear and dread. We don't want our employees being terrified to talk to us. So I often think of just the setup, right? Like they open up your office door, the creaky sound of the door. There's the manager sitting at the desk behind the computer going, please sit down. And the employee kind of comes in scared, sits in a chair that happens to be way lower than the desk and goes, okay, I'm here now for my annual performance review. And the manager says, let us begin. Like that's terrifying. I, and again, you can just insert the horror music there. So the reality is, is there shouldn't be anything new to discuss. This is our time as an employee and an employer to actually develop out. What do I want to do with my career? How can I improve some of the behaviors we talked about in the past? And what does this really look like? Here's the other big thing. It's a year-round plan. It's a year-round plan, not so once-a-year plan. Right now, too many of us are thinking about this as just a once-a-year. We talk about it. We verbally vomit all the stuff we need this employee to fix. And then, boom, they'll just go ahead and fix it, right? No, that's not how that works. Throughout the year, we need to offer feedback. We need to offer coaching sessions. We need to truly develop our employees. 
Again, let's go back to the analogy that too many of us are just putting out fires. We're running around. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You need to behave this way. You need to do better on that. Instead of saying, hey, let's sit down. What do you want out of your career? Where do you see yourself in five years? Talk to me about what you see your strengths are. Talk to me about things you think you want to improve about upon. Not just hard skills, but soft skills as well. Listen, I always want to be a better listener. I actually want to calm down just a little bit. If you have been listening to my podcast for quite some time, you can tell I'm a high energy, fast talker, and maybe I get stressed out a little bit. I would love to know how to calm down. And if someone can develop that with me, I'd appreciate that. So this is a year round plan that we really want to develop. And then here's the kicker. It's not just one and done, guys. We should be establishing expectations from day one when these employees come into our building that we are going to work year round to help coach them to be their best. Lastly, here's my other challenge for you. Don't focus on money. But Amy, we that we once a year we adjust everyone's salaries because we're amazing and that's what we're supposed to do. Yes, I get it. I'm going to pause here. If you haven't listened to my other podcast, you do need to adjust everyone's salaries once a year. This year is 2022. The rate of inflation is currently at 8%. If you do not increase your employee salaries by 8%, that means you're actually paying them less. And for many of you, unfortunately, you are not doing that. In fact, I would go with most of you. 8% is huge. Yeah, you need to figure out a completely different budget strategy. If we don't increase our employees' rates by at least the increased rate of inflation, we're doing a disservice to them. And that $20 an hour or that $50 an hour or that $70 an hour, depending on if they're a doctor or a technician or a CSR, whatever that looks like, they're now only getting paid $18 an hour or, you know, $70 an hour. You have to make sure you increase their salaries every single year. But that's not a raise. That's just paying them exactly the same if you keep up with the rate of inflation. So here's the thing. With our quote unquote annual performance review nightmare system that we currently have, we bring our employees in and we say, everything we want to tell them and here's what you need to improve upon and great job here and thanks for everything and here's your new salary. Um, Why did we already come up with a preconceived notion of how much we wanted to pay them even before they were given a chance to weigh in on their development plan? It's like saying, we don't care what you're about to say. We've actually already figured out how much you're worth. That's exactly the message we send. And so the reality is, is your compensation is always going to be tied to your performance. That's a fact. Unfortunately, too often this once a year annual review is tied to money and that doesn't feel good. Why are we only adjusting salaries once a year? Why can't they be adjusted based on performance throughout the year? And why do they have to occur at a very specific time each year? So I challenge all of you to consider what I just said and figure out how to appropriately adjust and or give raises to our employees throughout the year. So that's kind of my challenge right there. So the other things that I want you to think about when we're doing performance reviews is that we wanna incorporate these three C's and three F's. The three C's on every single performance review we have to do is clear, collaborative, and coordinated. We wanna make sure that we have a very clear outline of our development plan for this employee. We wanna collaborate with the employee. Where do you see yourself? How do you think you can improve? If they're very negative, how can I help you become more positive? How can you help yourself and what does that look like? We have to have those conversations. 
And then we also want to make sure that we're coordinated in the steps that we take. If we say to our employee, why are you so negative? And they say, I'm really burned out. And that's really why I've been having a bad attitude lately. We can't just say to them, well, good luck with that. I hope you fix that. No, we need to give them tools and resources. And maybe it's adjusting their schedule or it's maybe finding healthy outlets for them or even having them connected to the employee assistance programs through our health insurance. Whatever that is, is there has to be a coordinated attack on developing this person so that they feel like they're cared and supported. And the three Fs of any great performance review requires that they be frequent, focused and future oriented. So we have to, again, frequently check in with this person. How are they doing in their development? How are we coaching them? This is not one and done. How are we focusing in on their structured goals? And lastly, anytime we're able to focus it to the future, it always means it's going to be a lot more productive. It shouldn't just be centered around the past and all the negative things. How can we center this development plan around the future? All right. So the next chapter in my book, again, should just buy my book because it's all in there. So if you enjoy what you're listening to, then buy the book, guys. Chapter 15, it's called The 3-1 Development Plan. Again, the book is called Oops, My Team is Toxic. I know, shameless plugging on my own podcast. All right, so here's the 3-1 Development Plan. This is something that took me years to develop, and I'm not saying it's perfect. But the main review, the main development is centered around a 360-degree development plan. I want you to Google 360 review. Get familiar with it. What does that look like? If you're not familiar with a 360 review, I'll break it down very quickly. And so a 360 review basically means that it's where the employee goes ahead and reviews themselves. The coworkers review the employee. Ooh, that sounds heavy, Amy. It is, but it's also very impactful if done correctly. And then the manager reviews the employee And then the employee receives that review. So we literally have connected with everyone in that hospital themselves, the manager, and the coworkers. Now, let me be very clear. If you do not have a healthy culture, or if you do not know how to appropriately put together a 360 review, this can be a disaster. If you go ahead and compile the coworker review of a particular employee, and in it they say, she's lazy, he's horrible, they are terrible, they're, they don't know how to do X, Y, and Z, we should fire them, and we give them all that very candid feedback, we're going to destroy every single person on our team. And it's only gonna cause more of a divide. So you need to be able to start changing the culture of your hospital, but then you have to teach the people the importance of 360 reviews, how to appropriately fill it out, and then you as the boss needs to be able to appropriately filter it to be able to give the manager. Now here's the cool thing, it's 2022. There are some huge companies out there who will literally do this for you. And so this will actually get compiled by a big company. Yes, you have to pay for it. It's not very cheap. There's a bunch of companies out there. And don't ask me that if for any that I particularly recommend because I don't recommend any company uh, in particular. But there's a lot of companies doing 360 feedback performance uh, development plans, and they are amazing. So if you don't want to compile it yourself, absolutely have a company do it for you. So the benefits of a 360 feedback is it increases emotional intelligence. We have to get real that not only did we get the feedback from the manager, but we also got it from our coworkers. We can't just say, oh, our manager doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. Nope. 
I am now hearing about it from my coworkers too. So we need to own up to that. It lists both your strengths and weaknesses. So it doesn't become so negative focused. It can boost morale if done correctly. It adds to a culture of polite, kind, and honest communication. It also gives the employee a, a voice. They're going to review themselves and they're going to talk to their managers about what they think they're doing as far as their performance. It's not one-sided. It's future focused. This is really important. And it is the launching point for the rest of your year for that development plan. But it is just the launching point. It's not the only thing. It's also a great way to change your company's culture. Now, what are some of the cons? Well, it can deflate and demotivate the employee if not done correctly. That I cannot stress enough. You have to know how to do this. And it, if it's done correctly, it's amazing. And if it's done badly, Guys, you're going to ruin your entire hospital, so you really need to read up on this and you really need to make sure you get it right. It can absolutely destroy your culture even more. It's also not 100% accurate. Even though we ask for honest feedback and we want candid feedback, um, we can have employees gang up on another employee during a review and they can become very biased, unfortunately. It's also time consuming. Unless you're having a company do it for you, it can be pretty time consuming, but with you if you are an excel guru sheet person who knows how to do a great excel sheet that'll help do a time saver if you go through things like um you know microsoft forms or google forms that can auto populate entire numbers and and help you with the data it will help you with that time saver uh information as well so that is the one in the 3-1 development plan that I really like. I love a 360 feedback. You know, there's plenty, again, like I said, there was just on Good Morning America, an anchor talking about how great it was. Um, Kim Scott, who's actually published uh, Radical Candor, she talks about the benefits of 360 feedback. So the 360 feedback, uh, I would say probably is probably the most robust. It's the most time consuming, but it does have some really great data and science out there to say it's a good way to do it. Now, here, I'm gonna pause here. If you have a great system and your employees love it, and you enjoy doing it, and you are actually seeing results where you're developing and coaching out bad behaviors and helping employees improve, don't fix a thing. You don't have to fix anything. You're already doing a great job. So please, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of mentality. This is really important because I, if you're doing a great job, if your employees love it, and if you truly can say, yes, I know how to coach people, awesome. In fact, email me. I want to know what you're doing. That's so great. I always love sharing ideas with, with hospital teams that I'm, I'm coaching. Um, when I go in to uh, talk to leaders, I always love other ideas. So please reach out to me if you've got an awesome system that is truly working on developing the person and is a great coaching plan. Um, so if you're not one of those people, then let's talk about the rest of this plan. So again, I call it the three one because the one is the 360 that lays the foundation. But the other three are very robust coaching sessions throughout the year. And I know what you're saying, Amy, I have no time for this. I, I don't know where I'm going to find all the time. So I'm going to just put this in perspective. Let's just say you had a team of 15 direct reports. Some of you have more, some of you have left. But let's just say, and by the way, if you have more than 15 direct reports, you have too many, you gotta reorg your entire leadership structure. Um, you can, oh, here you go, I'll plug my first book. Please refer to Oops, I Became a Manager on Ways of Appropriately Developing Out Your Hospital's Organizational Structure if you have more than 15 direct reports. Anyway, 
Um, so let's just say you have 15 direct reports. You would essentially need to carve out about 23 to 45 hours in the entire year to develop your team where you have 30 to 60 minute meetings every quarter. And I know a lot of you are saying, Amy, that still seems like a lot of time. I mean, 23 to 45 hours. Okay, I'm going to break it down even further. In, uh, to put this in perspective, you will work a minimum of about 480 hours a quarter. And so for those 15 direct reports, I'm asking you to set aside 15 hours to develop to development conversations. That's nothing, guys. That's what you should be doing in the bare minimum. If you can do more than that, that's amazing. So when I think about a 3-1 development plan, I think about that one, that big meeting. That's that 360 review. Again, employee reviews themselves, manager reviews the employee, and coworkers review the employees. There's a lot of time that you're going to do to truly come out with a year-long plan. It's a year-long plan, not a one-and-done meeting. A year-long plan to help coach those individuals. But then, at least once a quarter, you're sitting down you're revisiting that plan, you're truly coaching that individual and you're having great sessions focused on positivity, the the future, and they're involved in their actual development and coaching. That's pretty freaking awesome. And the last thing I want to challenge you is again about the salary. Once a year isn't enough. We have employees doing great things. Um, I know employees that have literally been bumped into a manager or supervisor role and were told by their employer, Oh, well, we can't give you a raise right now. We got to do that at the annual review. What? Wait, the entire job just changed. You're giving them more responsibility. They're, they have more responsibility. They're adding more value to your hospital and you can't change their salary but once a year. Um, so I want to challenge that as well. Regardless of your system, make sure it's not just a one and done. Get away from annual performance review. I want you to do a deep dive in how you are truly evaluating each employee. What are the competencies that you're looking for? Do you, can you utilize a point scale system? Or are you just free balling it where you're just kind of making up stuff like, oh, I like this employee and they've been doing a good job in the last one to two months, so I'll go ahead and give them a raise. Or do you actually have a system in place in which you are developing and coaching individuals? I want to challenge everybody who's involved in creating development plans and really pushing you to figure out what works best for your hospital. And again, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it, guys. If you're doing a great job, your employees are truly being coached, not just, you know, verbally vomited on once a year, then great. Don't fix it. Um, if you're struggling, I hope this gives you some idea, but this is hardly the end. There's so much research, studies, different methods than what I just described. So I want you to start looking into that. And hey, I, I absolutely want you to buy my book. So if you liked this and you're like, hey, I want to read more about it, go buy Oops, My Team is Toxic. Check out those chapters, but there's also a lot of other great chapters in there. So, And thank you everybody who has supported it already. I know I shamelessly plugged multiple times and I'm not really one to plug during my podcast, but um, this is something that I literally spent countless hours researching and, and writing about for my book. So of course I'm gonna plug it. All right, well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for all that you do. Keep on being a unicorn. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.